Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Hotels.com. NBA Today is back in sunny San Francisco. The NBA Finals, they're knotted at two games apiece. And all roads and bridges, for that matter, they lead to tonight's Game 5. And the word on the street is that Richard Jefferson said there would be no heroic Game 4 performances. It's not word on the street. It's actually accurate. Well, Steph Curry is somewhere laughing about that. So who will get the last laugh tonight? Game time is just hours away from Chase Center. In just over six hours from this very spot, the ball is going to be tipped up in game five. And to say this is important is an understatement because in a best of seven finals, when it's tied at two games apiece, the winner of this game, they go on to win the whole thing 73% of the time. And man, I cannot wait and neither can the players. Finals on ABC starts now. Curry's another long distance shot. Rises, contested three. Bang! Steph Curry drills the three. 43 points for Steph Curry. I love every experience at this stage. You understand the whole world's watching you when you're out there on the court. We know where we're at. We know it's the finals. There's no need to say things that's already understood. We know what it takes. Man, he is on fire here. And I'm confident. You gotta push yourself. No matter how hurt you are, how tired you are, you gotta keep going. When I step on that court, I wanna win. Any means necessary. Thompson, no hesitation. Freaking win. Best of seven, deadlocked to two. So that big game feeling, it is in the air. Tip-off is at 9.07 Eastern. That's specific. 6.07 Pacific on ABC. We will be counting it down for you over the next hour. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Hotels.com. I'm Malika Andrews, alongside Kendrick Perkins, Richard Jefferson, and Brian Windhorst. Gentlemen, touch me. What do you think of the glasses? You look outstanding, Thank honestly. You. And I'm only wearing glasses just to fully support you. Perk, I don't know why he's wearing glasses. And Brian, he said it glasses would hurt his brand. Glasses are not part of my brand. Yeah, they would hurt his brand. Well, we are here to uplift and build up your brand. Uh, gentlemen, we have a lot to get into. We've already wasted time, so let's not waste any more. The Celtics, they are the team with the undefeated streak that is on the line. So let's start with them. Perk, I want to be very clear. The Celtics, 7-0 and after losses this season. They're coming off a loss. So the Celtics, they win tonight if, fill in the blank for me, please. If Jason Tatum be the best player on the floor, right? And it's time for me to go on the rant right now. Oh, because I'm tired of everybody talking about, oh, Jason Tatum is his first time, rightfully so. Oh, he's young and he's inexperienced. But look, I played on the Oklahoma City Thunder team, and although we didn't win, I did play with three 
upcoming superstars in Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. And I watch Kevin Durant average 30 points at the age of at the age of 23 years old, shooting 55% from the field. I also saw a drop off from James Harden, who was 22 years old, averaged 12 points in the final, shot 37 37% from the field. So it comes down to. Do you want it? Like, do you want to embrace this moment? Don't come telling us about making the right play or you had 13 or 9 assists. Like, Steph Curry is getting double-teamed, too, and he's averaging 35. So the only way that the Celtics are going to win this game and win this series if it's Jason Tatum comes out and be a superstar caliber player and find a way to get in rhythm offensively and score the damn basketball. There was a, a whole lot of there I, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I heard something about the, 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 the fill in the blank was if Jason Tatum comes out and plays like a superstar. Did I hear that correctly? Yes, you heard all this. Okay. All right. So let's then go to the Warrior side of things because they're 10 and 1 at home in the playoffs. Their only loss was that game one of the finals against Boston. So, Richard, Golden State, they win tonight if. That's a good question. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, look, I think the Golden State Warriors, they win if Steph Curry continues to play at this level. If Steph Curry continues to play at the rate that he has been. We were going to talk about earlier, a lot of people have talked about Steph doesn't have any help or he's not getting the same type of support. Oh, he's getting plenty of support. He's getting the same amount of support that many other championships and Hall of Famers have gotten during their championship run. So for me, I just believe the Warriors win game five if Steph continues to play at this elite level. I was going ahead to the Warriors because I feel like Perk just took so much of the Celtics there, but I will give you a chance to answer that if you would like. No, no. no. <laughs> okay, you're yeah, good. <laughs> I was agreeing with him. I was saying Jason Tatum. Like, we've seen Steph be, like, look like the best player on the planet, like, like one of the most elite performances. Well, it's time for the best player on the Boston Celtics to have that type of performance. Okay. This is a slug. This is a slug fight. You got to bounce. You got to answer, and you got to, you know, match whatever your opponent's We're doing. Let me ask you this. Let me ask, do you guys think that the Warriors are playing good offense in this series? No. I no. The Celtics are like, Steph, go ahead. Yeah. Yep. And they're averaging 10 points fewer than they did in the Western Conference Finals. They're shooting about 8% less. So I don't know if you can really think Steph's going to score more points. I think he might actually be able to take more shots. I don't know if he can be more efficient. I think they need one of the other guys to have a home playoff game. What I mean by that is hit shots, be, you know, be hot. So Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, even though Wiggins played a great overall um, game four, some of those guys need to just give them a little bit more offensive injection because the Celtics, even though it may look bad that they're not actually doing a great job on Steph Curry, they feel like they're playing good enough defense to win this series. Perk, I'm afraid to give you the Warriors fill in the blank if. I feel like the, the answer is just going to be something about the Celtics, but go ahead. <laughs> no, it, no, it's going to be Steph Curry. The Celtics don't show up. No, it's going like, to be, be Steph Curry continue, continuing to build his legacy towards Mount Rushmore. Now, we sat here, me and Richard had an argument about the whole Mount Rushmore conversation. And what happened over the weekend, what I saw is after game four, what I saw on the social media was I saw LeBron James tweet out, hey, it's only a few chosen ones. I saw Dwayne Wade tweet out, and I don't want to misquote him, but he mentioned something about Steph Curry expanding the Mount Rushmore. So it's crazy when I bring it up a month ahead of time, and then Richard come on here and argue with me, but then the all 
all all time greats are sitting back and watching and, so, and basically saying the same damn thing. No, no, it's a, it's adorable. I couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree it's with adorable. you more. Yeah, it's adorable that you're like kind of pulling out random tweets from people. So you know, but I understand. Like Steph Curry, what he did that 43 and 10. Look, I understand because what you referenced was Magic Johnson taking him off that list. You know, Magic did go for 42 in a game clinching game in the finals. But you're right. I believe that that game four performance. Yeah, that definitely takes Magic Johnson off of it. I'm on no. the same page as him. <laughs> I'm on the same page. We're agreeing. I, yeah. I think that that 43. Well, what and Dwayne 10, Wade was arguing for was an expansion of Mount Rushmore, not a replacement. It doesn't well, work. Right? No, you can't really work. chisel into stone well, like well, that. However, he needs to try. be on there. No, no, no. I, expansion. No, we, no we, we, we agree. Okay. We agree. Like, like we. Yeah, I, I got nothing else to say, but I, I, I agree with that. I want to know, them. was LeBron talking this positively about Steph during those those series you were there? Because LeBron's kind of morphed on him. Now he's praising him up and down. He used to, like, look down at him and give him dirty looks. Well, a lot of it, I won't say dirty looks. I think there was a competitive space. When you're in a competitive space, you do, and we saw it in the last dance with Michael Jordan, I will convince myself of anything that I can to not like you, to hate you, to go do what I need to do. doesn't mean that I don't respect you, and we've even seen that with MJ over the course of his career. He could be best friends with Patrick. Patrick Ewing and Charles Barkley and all of these guys. But once he got between those lines, I can't stand you. I hate you. And I think that's more what Braun is. Well, I don't think there was any love lost in, that, in those moments. Well, that I thing, agree with. One thing I can't, one thing we all can see is that we know who Braun is rooting for in these finals because when the Golden State Warriors are playing well, he is really active on social media. Uh, he's the other, rooting for who's when, ever playing when the, when he the hates I, I understand. When it's the Boston Lakers, Celtics, Celtics, he's quiet in the church mouth. Well, <laughs> The Warriors and the Celtics, they're both undefeated coming off of losses. But since the start of the conference semis, they've struggled to string together consecutive wins. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Is this the time that Golden State is going to be able to take a stronghold on this series? Or is this one of these things where we're just going to keep trading off and potentially go the distance? We will see. Hey, Richard. What's up? Still ahead on okay. NBA Today. Steph went off. Did you see that in game yeah, four? People yeah. Are, people tweeted at me quite yeah. a bit the last few days. They should. Well, Why? Clay you Thompson, he also had some things to say about that performance. We'll look at Steph's best games ever later in the show. Plus, more Steph, a man of many talents. But don't sleep on Perk because I'm told <laughs> a new character is debuting today. Right, and in a little bit, don't miss our analyst take on the X factor in our draft, and we're talking about tonight. NBA Today continues after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is presented by Hotels.com. Find your perfect somewhere. Ho, 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 whoop heads. Santa Perk in the house. Santa Perk. So what is this perk? <laughs> that was perk. Alcatraz Perk. Yeah. Alcatraz Perk. Yeah. The stripes are slimming. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have Alcatraz Perk. I'm the funniest person I know. <laughs> Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews here with this guy and Brian Winhorst. And that empty chair is because we have a very special well, we guest we who do. is joining the show. I, I hear that there is yeah. a potentially a doctor perk, a uh, doctor perk that is joining us. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. right here, Malika. What's going on? Oh, my <laughs> Look, Lord. I'll tell you, jack of all trades. I do it all. Um, is that a I pink do. stethoscope? I mean, it's all good. Why are you yeah, judging? I know. We got Patch Adams yeah, over here. Yeah, why are you judging? <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> now that Dr. Perk is here, I, I, I need the, the, you're a diagnostician, right? That's what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happening. That's I mean, what's what happening. I need from you, Perk. Y'all okay? Is to please, no. Um, that's why you're here. We, we need help diagnosing what exactly is going on with Jason Tatum because he's been turning the ball over at an alarming rate. He's only shooting 27.5% on two-pointers so far in the finals. So, Dr. Perk, please tell us. What is going on? It, it, it's a lot going on with Jason Tatum. It's never and a good sign. As far as my evaluation, um, he has anxiety. Um, he's a bit scared, and that's what he's diagnosed with. When, listen, I, I evaluate him. I, I don't just watch him on the floor. I'm watching. I'm watching his post-game interviews, and right now I'm looking at it, and all he keeps saying is about how he's not trying to take it for granted about being in the finals. Well, guess what? You're four games in. At this point, look, it's, it's strictly basketball and who wanted the most. I don't want to hear about nobody making the right passes. I don't want to hear about you having to assist. Hey, the play was to make others better if they come in the trap. Find a way to get it done. And he keep preaching. And, and look, he keep preaching. Kobe Bryant, right? He keep, he keep remembering Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant had a mentality. I played against him a few times in the finals of he's going to do it himself. And that's the mentality Jason Tatum has to have. Um, this is the point in time where we ask uh, for a second opinion. Okay. Go and see somebody yeah. else. Yeah. What do you think, Richard? Well, I, look, <clears throat> the Nurse Fokker over here, he's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely diagnosed nurse the right thing. Fokker. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, you'll get it later. <laughs> My point is this, is that when we're talking about Jason Tatum, yes, there is part of it like that first initial like, whoa, I'm here. Whoa, all of these things that are kind of thrown at you. But we're at game five now. We're at game five. Game there five is, on the road. Game five on the road. There is no more like I'm soaking this in. I understand from Clay Thompson, like who missed two years. Jason Tatum, you are that dude. Your job is to tune everything out. We were talking about LeBron and Steph and how he could. No, he hated Steph in those moments. You need to do whatever you can to mentally prepare yourself to go out there and be a warrior, mm. to be elite. You are the person that everyone believes can win the final MVP for this team, for the Boston Celtics. You can win a finals MVP. That alone right there lets you know where you are and what you deserve and you have to go out there and take it it's not earned it's not any of the, you have to take a finals MVP. I, I did a great job of hiring the assistant <laughs> all right from the assistant what you are the, yeah, yeah. we need another nurse to come up in here um so we often hear about him how Ime Udoka is a very good coach but also something outside it's hard to really understand why he gave Jason Tatum some very good coaching I feel coming into this game he he told Jason, you're playing off of one foot too much. And he was talking about literally and figuratively. He was saying, when you go into the lane, you're hunting for fouls. You're not going strong. You're going weak. You're playing off of one foot. Mm -hmm. he, he said, you got to play off of two feet. Be more balanced. Be more decisive. And 
stand on both feet go strong be strong and to me that was so authentic and relevant and and exactly what jason needs to do and hearing jason talk about giving that coaching yesterday i do believe he's going to approach this game differently i can't explain why he's shooting less than 25 percent on two pointers and over 40 percent on three pointers i don't know whether his shoulder that he aggravated in the last series sure. is bothering him but i know that he has not been impactful in this series and i know that he's gotten instruction how to help it and i think you will see a different mindset with him trying to play on two feet mentally and physically in this game. No, I, I agree. And that's for some some things that people might not understand from a basketball standpoint. When you're taking off on one, yes, you can get length, you can get distance. But when you take off of two, there is power. There is more strength. So while you might not have your momentum in some of those ones, he's trying to go do a layup and whirl around on the defense. That's one where you take two feet and you go up strong. It doesn't mean for a dunk all the time. It just means a more strong, powerful move over top of the defense. So that's a great coaching stance. And when you look at some of these missed layups, that's something that can solve even one, two, three of those. That can be the difference in a game. And, and again, I understand Steph Curry is one of the greatest players of all time, right? We we can stamp there. We all agree with that, right? Do we all agree with that? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. Absolutely. But it shouldn't be this much separation between him and Jason Tatum. Like, the fact that the conversation is being brought up that if the Golden State Warriors lose this series, that Steph should win the Finals MVP because he's been that much of he's been that much better than everybody else on the floor. It's disturbing, and Jason Tatum should take that personal. Well, well, we'll get there. I'm sorry, I'm so distracted by your stethoscope right now. Can you do me a favor, stop, actually? Stop. I, I think it would be good if you can just. Richard is always just. Yeah, I think you need to give him a little. I wish I would. <laughs> I wish I would. I wish. Fortunately, Richard's shirt's already unbuttoned. Uh, oh, my God. I wish it, I would. We're fortunate that would. it's... Well, it's easy access for... for <laughs> we never, ever, say, ever say, say easy. that. Yes, we easy do. access yes, ever again. Still to come on NBA Today. We uh -oh. are not done talking about that man, Steph Curry. Perk, we're going to talk through some of his greatest games ever, but was his last game the one? Is that at the top of the mountain no, for you? That's no, coming up next no. on NBA wasn't Today. Even, wasn't, even, wasn't, even a, wasn't even a Mount Rushmore performance. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Hotels.com. the best chance of cracking that all-time game for performance list tonight? Probably anybody has a, has a chance wow. to join that list. Well, you know Steph Curry's <laughs> playing it again, right? I don't think anybody has a chance. We'll see if I'm wrong. It's the points. 
of Steph Curry on full display here in Boston. Playtime mode is the big league. Go. Playtime mode is the big league. Perfect release from the top of the key. Three. Step back, pull up, switch cheese. Back to Curry. Step back, three-pointer. Steph Curry dancing, prancing, and puts it in. Where would you kind of put this in his finals performance? I think probably number Playtime one. Let's go out there and put Playtime us on his back. And Steph played incredible. Great question by Kendra Andrews. Um, that was Friday. Yeah. Monica McNutt is joining us now, but uh, Richard, I, I'm going to let you explain yourself. Yeah, please. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Jefferson here. Um, I stand by <laughs> every. I, st I stand by every word that I said. I truly did not believe that anybody was going to be able to have the type of performance that Steph Curry had. I'm sorry. I won't apologize. You, I'm I sorry. Won't, I won't apologize. I, I know. I know. I'm saying. I'm sorry that I won't apologize for not understanding the greatness of Steph Curry. Because after listening to Perk talk about how the Boston Celtics are the greatest franchise and the greatest team to ever invent to do all this different thing, I drank a little bit of that number one defense and they been shutting everybody down. I'm like, you know what? I think Steph might have a modest 28, a modest 35. None of those things would get him on the rush more. You know what, Will? A 43 and 10. So my hat's off. I salute Steph Curry. I thought he would probably only have 30, 37, but then again, I didn't know he was playing against that soft-ass Boston defense. Oh. <laughs> I was going to applaud it. Yeah, and then, and then it was, and it, but it always goes took a turn. Yeah, really, right really downhill. Um, so you heard the sound we played at the top of the segment, right? And, and the thing about it is Clay Thompson said the game four was the best that he has seen. He's at a front row seat to his finals performances. He thinks it's the best Steph Curry has ever played. So, Brian, you have also had a front row seat to pretty much literally every single finals game that yeah. Steph Curry has played. Do you agree with him? Yeah, because the stakes on this were so different and the surrounding cast was so different. This is a different finals for Steph and the Warriors. This is not an elite Warriors team. This is probably... I know that the injuries in 2019 happened, but this is the weakest Warriors team that has made it to the finals. They need Steph more than anything. And what's more it's interesting about this is that the Celtics have elected to let him go. He's probably played since AAU ball, getting swarmed on defense every time he plays in a high-level game. He is getting more space. This is an incredible confluence of a team daring him to beat them and the team needing him so badly. We have Steph Curry in this special special moment here. He is 34 years old. He is a multi-time MVP. He is a multi-time NBA champion. He is a first-team All-NBA player. He doesn't have to do anything to set his career right, but yet he has this golden opportunity to carry his team to a title. We are at such a special thing that we're getting to see, and guess what? Steph realizes it. In the first three games, he shot 22 times. He said, I understand now that the Celtics are going to allow me to try to be great. And he did it in game four. And he's going to try to do it three more times. I don't know if he can do it again, but he feels it. And I think we're... I'm very pleased that I'm going to be able to be here and watch this because I think we could be seeing some real history in these next three games. I completely agree with you, Brian. And I think the conversation pregame on Hoop Streams with Dorsberg, it was, will Steph need to take 30 shots to have a monster game? He took 26 shots and still got these incredible numbers. And we asked him the other day preparing for our radio interviews, and he's like, I understood the urgency and the tone that I needed to set for the rest of my teammates. We've talked so much about their core and the championship DNA that is there. And yep. while that deserves a tremendous amount of respect, 
this is also the first time that all of those role players have been here. And so to hear Steph come out with that level of focus, set the tone, uh, that's definitely a historic number. And then you throw in the tech from Steve Kerr, like they were completely oh, yeah. showing in. the Warriors yeah. how we're going to play in this very important game four. Uh, Richards had his say here, so Kirk, go ahead. No, I mean, I don't even think it's close when yeah. it comes down to his performance in the Garden. Mm. We, we talk about a lot of greats like Jordan having 63 or, or in, in, the, in the Garden. I know it wasn't in the finals. We know about LeBron James' epic game six when he was with the Heat. We saw Jimmy Butler going there and drop 47 in the Eastern Conference Finals. And here it is, when everything was in Boston favor in the Garden in the hostile environment. Matter of fact, the most hostile environment that Steph has played in Ever. in his playoff mm -hmm. career mm -hmm. and he goes out there in a must-win situation basically right. to tie the series up and drop a 43 piece all drumsticks and 10 biscuits like <laughs> what are we talking about right now well but here's the thing though the NBA we all know this it is a way of humbling you so now the game four right it's in the rear view we are going on to game five tonight mm. so what's next for Steph it takes a lot of mental fortitude to stay hungry and want more and more after so much success. And Steph is the embodiment of that. The man is never satisfied. He just continues to mesmerize the world with his talent. Um, yeah, Steph Curry is really good. And if, if you guys haven't noticed, even in the finals, I feel like he's taking it up a notch a little bit. We had a hell of a performance in game four, and we got to respond to that. We got to do even more of a better job, and we got to be even more focused on the details because obviously, you know, Steph Curry is a, a hell of a player. And they have a certain defensive identity that has been successful for them, understanding how they respond after losses, and we have to be ready for that response and hopefully, you know, throw the first punch tomorrow. So get this, Steph has led both teams outright in scoring in each of the first four games of the series. And the only players to do that in every game of an entire final series, 1995, Hakeem Olajuwon, and 1950. So Richard, I hear you have some more stats on what Steph is doing in this series. Thank you, Malika. Now, first of all, we're going to look on this big screen because you know what? Steph Curry has been making big plays all finals long. And some of the shots that he's hitting, it's just ridiculous. There's no defense. There's no, there's nothing you can do to really guard him. Boston's actually done a pretty good job, but they're in a drop coverage. They're in a drop coverage. That means that the big is not going to come up too hard so that Steph doesn't get in and can't create for other people. So the Golden State Warriors, they're going to have to have Steph knock down these shots at a consistent level and as at a consistent rate. And that's what makes him so special is that there is no defense that is created. Here, Al Horford got a little bit too far up and not only does Steph knock down the three, he also gets an and one. Steph Curry is putting on historic performance, but this is the issue right here for me is that so many people are talking about Steph doesn't have any help. Steph doesn't have any help. That is not true. First of all, he's coming in here with the number two ranked defense, so that's not it. So a lot of people have been talking about offensively. Well, let's look at some of the other championships teams that have won with primarily one main scorer. And so look, you can compare the, you know, the Golden State Warriors when they won the championship in 
15. Steph averaged 26, Iggy with 16. You had Clay with 15 and you had Draymond with 13. Now let's say, okay, well that was recent, same team. Let's go back to Dallas when they won the championship with Dirk at 26. JT at 18, Sean Marion at 13. And then look, you had Tyson Chandler with 10, but this one's glaring. Watch this, D-Wade. D-Wade averaged 34 points a game. Who was the next leading scorer? Antoine Walker at 13. And you know, everyone talks about D-Wade and Shaq. Shaq only averaged 13 points a game in that series. Now, let's go to when Shaq, and Shaq, we're not gonna just talk about when you struggled. We're gonna talk about when you were dominant, like in 2000. Shaq averaged 38 points a game. How many did the late great Kobe Bryant average? 15. And then after that, you had guys like Harper and Glenn Rice with 11 points a game. My point is this, the Warriors have plenty of help. We can go down the entire list of championship teams that have had this type of offense production. One main star and then supporting cast throughout. So I don't want to hear any more excuses about he doesn't have help. Steph has to play at an elite level, very similar to some of those guys on the list in order for them to win a championship, Malika. Thanks, Rich. Um, you know who else noticed Steph's dominance? It was our very own Kendrick Perkins. Perk, can we play one of my favorite games, uh, Perk Tweets? What did you tweet yesterday about Steph? So I, I tweeted out, I believe that Steph Curry should win finals MVP regardless of the outcome, as he should. He has been the best player in the series and is not even close, which is real. He also, he, look, the man is averaging 35. Facts. And don't mind me and carry the hell along. I mean, every, ain't nothing I said in here was false. Everything was facts. I, I mean, okay. the numbers back it up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, go okay. ahead. I, I, mm -mm. <laughs> Not false, premature. We've had four incredible games, and yes, 35 is terrific. Steph has been fantastic. But if, as you started this fantastic show, Jason Tatum were to answer the bell in the next two ball games, and it were to swing the other way, I think you just got to wait to see who is going to win this series. His number's still not going to be better well, than but Steph. They, but uh, are the next three is, games, are the yeah, next three games not yeah, the most pivotal? Yeah, they are. Before before games in is more than half of the series. I hear, I hear you. On, but so, so now we're just going to go straight off numbers instead of the impact and, and the games that matter. Is that what no, you're arguing? No, is? no, his numbers been impacting. That's the reason that they're uh, did winning. Did you hear me? That's the reason the series if, is tied up. If Jason Tatum, as, as a doctor, if he were to answer the call the way that you diagnosed some of his shortcomings earlier, uh, uh, the rest of the way. So nothing trumps the numbers for you. Okay. Uh, are you? Do you have faith that Jason Tatum? I didn't say that. Now that's a different conversation. Okay, so I just you, said. Okay, but, so why are you questioning? But my here's team? the thing. Here's the thing. There's only been one Finals MVP, Jerry West, mm -hmm. who has won when his team did not. Right? And Brian, you had a front row seat. 2015. LeBron James, the man, averaged 35 points, 13 rebounds, and, and nine dropped, assists. And they dropped the ball. And he did not win Finals and, MVP. And, and, and it it's still disturbing to yeah. this day. So was, okay, Perk. There was 11 voters. 11 voters histor historically. 11 media voters who choose the finals MVP. In that year, four chose LeBron. So he was relatively close. I think had LeBron won that finals MVP, he wouldn't have like uh, taken a parade to celebrate, but it would have been a worthwhile time. It's not to say that it should happen regularly. It's happened one time in 74 years. Maybe it should happen another time here soon. <laughs> if this holds, 
and these next three games play out the way these first four have, then I think Steph has a legitimate shot at it. But as Monica said, we haven't seen we the way the games have played out. But I'm going to tell you, within an hour after the game comes out, they publish the, the, who voted for whom. And that moment and everybody attacking them is going to affect the way the voters look. So just keep that in mind. Well, I don't know. It didn't affect uh, our friend Tim Bontemps voting for Jimmy Butler. But he was the only one who did. Finals MVP and shout out him for that. The countdown is on, ladies and gentlemen. Five hours, 31 minutes, 10 seconds, 9 seconds, 8 seconds until game five of the NBA Finals tonight. I cannot wait to see it go down. NBA Today will continue after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It was three years ago to the day that Clay Thompson landed awkwardly after sprinting across the floor for a dunk and tore his ACL in game six of the 2019 finals. And the image of him returning to the court to make those two free throws before limping off is a moment that players and fans, they won't forget. And neither will Clay Thompson. He wound up being sidelined for two and a half seasons. And the time away from the court, it changed his perspective. It changed the way that he thinks about the game. But now that he's back in the finals, we sat down and we talked about his relationship with Steph Curry, his journey up until this point, and that quest for another ring. Out to Clay for three, and that could be a huge dagger. The embers of the dynasty still glowing. Clay, before this all started, you told me that you might enjoy this finals maybe even more than the previous ones just because of what you've been through the past two years. Now that you're in it, how does it feel? Uh, nothing short of amazing, to be honest. I mean, it's just a joy to be here because last year during this time, it was an empty arena. It was very quiet and you could hear a pin drop. So to now see the other side of the spectrum, it, it's just a special, special moment. Boating, spending time in the ocean, that's been something that you found. What part of you needed that heading into this week? Well, I was, I've always been an enthusiast of the water. Anytime you do something in nature, you kind of just forget about anything that was weighing you down. And there's just something so freeing about being in the open ocean. It's almost as good as hearing that ball switch through the net, as hearing the waves crashing down. You have made 73s in this postseason. Steph Curry has made 73s in this postseason. You all have done that three such times yeah. in your career. You're the first pair of teammates to do that. Wow. We've seen the stats, but your relationship off of the court, can you shed some light on that? We really didn't get to know each other until about our third year in the league. We're both very quiet, and I think this trip with USA Basketball to Spain. We played a lot of golf. We drank some sangria in Barcelona, and I, th I think he'll say the same, but that summer of 2014 kind of glued us together, and we just became good friends after that, and there's a lot of things we do on the court that just seems to be in sync with each other, and we don't even think about it. It's just like second nature. Back to Thompson, quick release, puts it in. Back out to Thompson, another three. It's good. 
bombing away from three like we do. Kind of flip the basketball world upside down. I think we're seeing that at all levels of basketball now, which a lot of people say it's ruined the game, but I think it's kind of just been an innovative aspect of the game, to be honest. A lot has been made of game six clay, but we've seen game five clay. What are you doing to prepare to unleash that kind of performance? Man, I wish I could do that nightly, but for me, it's hard to go out there and say I'm going to score 40. My game's not like that. I go with the flow, and if the ball finds me, I'm going to let it fly. And I've heard Tiger Woods say that he visualizes every single shot he shoots on the golf course. I try to apply the same method to basketball and just envisioning my footwork and my body position and that ball just flowing off my fingertips and hearing the swish of the net. Bang! It's just purity. Splash! It's a work of art. You said that Steph Curry, he's this team's identity. What are you to this team? I guess I'm a fixture, a steady presence of a dynastic run. I've never been the one to seek uh, the headlines of the spotlight. I just love winning, and I love being a part of a winning organization. We're really trying to write a legacy here and just leave a long-lasting impression of greatness of basketball in the Bay Area. So yesterday at practice, Clay had EFJ written on his shoes. He said it was energy, joy, focus. And if he does those things, he says we usually win. So after struggling a bit in those first two games of the series, Thompson, he has stepped up when the series moved to Boston. Averaged 21 and a half points per game, making nearly 40% of his threes. So here's what we're about to do here, all right, guys? We're going to play a little game called the Game 5 X Factor Draft. Participants, the esteemed Monica McNutt, Richard Perk, <laughs> and your girl. Uh, we can't choose Jason Tatum or Steph Curry because they're the stars, right? So everyone else is fair game when it comes to drafting for tonight's most impactful player. But the question is, who's going to get to draft first? So our producers, they fired up the ping pong balls. So let's see. Oh, we, yeah. we know it's rigged. <laughs> oh. Hi. Surprise, surprise, didn't see that one coming. Okay, oh, okay. all right, all right. It's gonna be, it's got, ah. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, this is why, this is why, this is why people think the NBA is rigged. Because they watch this, and then Malika gets first pick. I am drafting first. So, this is going to be a... That's how you fight? That's how you fight? It's the sound effect that gave away. That's amazing. All right. This is how it's going to go. I don't even remember the order that I'm picking first and Richard's picking last. But me, Richard. See? I got Monica can host, because I'm too fired up. I've got... Drum roll, please. Yeah. <laughs> Clay Thompson. Uh, 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 it is, uh, we just, I just sat down with him. It is three years to the day coming off of an injury. It seems to me that this is primed after having two games where he started to break out a bit in Boston, particularly game four, the anniversary of something that is so significant. Today is the day. Game five, Clay, like we saw against the Mavericks, is going to show up in, what's this? I was about to say Oracle Arena. It's in Chase Center. Kendrick Perkins, well, well, not you're a, on the clock. Not a bad pick, but I'm glad you didn't pick my pick. I'm going with Marcus Smart. For the simple reason in okay. the Celtics two wins, he has been a, the third wheel to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He had 18 in game one. I believe he had 24 in game uh, game three. And I think he's going to, we're going to see the Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year type Marcus Smart tonight. I think he's going to take pride in actually guarding Steph. I'm not saying he's going to shut him down, but it's what we won't see a 43-point performance tonight. Oh, okay. All right, Perk. So with the third pick, 
pick in our X Factor draft. I'm going Jalen Brown. Ooh, good one. <laughs> and Jalen Brown, he said something that was so interesting to us earlier uh, as we were preparing. <laughs> this was before game two. He said, I have the luxury of being home either way because he's mm. from this area. He's very comfortable here, had a pre-existing relationship with Steve Kerr. He's also been a guy that quietly has been really, really good in the fourth quarter and arguably one of the steadiest contributors for the Celtics roster. We remember what happened when he went off for 17 in the first quarter of game three and how important that was. He has a way of setting the tempo and elevating the Celtics squad. All right. Well, since obviously you guys left me with a lot, <laughs> this is what I'm going to say. Where's my camera? There's my camera. Look here. I, I want you guys to check out my eyes. Ew. I truly <laughs> believe this when I say this. I'm going to say Draymond Green. Oh. And the reason why I'm saying okay. No, this is why I, I'm saying Draymond Green. I truly believe is that after Draymond probably should have been thrown out of that game, I think he lost some of his energy, some of his tenacity because he was worried about that. Then you go and play against a, a go. You go and play against one of the most intense crowds in all of sports in the Boston Celtics. So for me, I think he was a little off kilter. And even for him, Draymond, you have always been yourself to a fault. I don't care if you get thrown out. I don't care if you get a technical. You need to bring that energy, that force that this team feeds off of. And I think being back here in Oracle will revitalize my guy and he's going to have his best game of the series. Okay. I see you. Not a bad pick since mm -hmm. you were last. That's pretty that's, good. That's fair. I would have I that would have been my pick if I would have had the first pick. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. Okay. You want to you you get a little rocky? If I would have had the first pick, I would have picked the same thing. Sit down. Uh, still to come, it's one of the best segments on the show because it doesn't involve Richard Jefferson. Hey, a little go. reporter's roundtable. What do they think it's going to come down to? We'll explain. It might just be turnovers. Monica McNutt, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. You can come back anytime over Richard. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Playtime mode is the big ring. Go. Playtime mode is the big ring. Go. Steph Curry, back-to-back -back threes, dancing, prancing, and puts it in. The NBA Finals are tied at two games apiece. One closer to the big ring. It's NBA Finals time tonight on ABC. We are back for some more NBA Today presented by Hotels.com. You saw the clock. That is how close we are to tip off of what should be a classic Game 5. But right now, we have a little reporter's roundtable. I love that. We are joined by Mark Spears, Brian Winhorst, Tim Bontemps, and Kendra Andrews, who kindly lent me her sunglasses. Each of them <laughs> covers the... that out. Yeah, you're welcome. See? Um, each of them covers the NBA for ESPN. Kendra, I, I do want to start with you here. The Warriors, you've been covering them day in and day out. 
out. This is your turf. What do you expect the dubs to be prioritizing mm -hmm. in this game five? Malika, the Warriors are really focusing on execution. They say at this time of the series, even the slightest edge in that area can make all the difference. Steve Kerr, he's listing boxing out, ball pressure on defense, defensive rotations, limiting turnovers. Those are the big hitters. And look, after game four, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson said, we need to help Stephen Curry out, right? The way to do that is by executing all of those things that Steve Kerr listed to make Steph's job easier. At this point in the series, Draymond said, neither team's going to make any big adjustments, right? It's about understanding what you do best and executing those the best of your abilities. I actually thought the Celtics were going to make a big adjustment. I thought mm. they were going to come into this game and maybe think about trapping Steph Curry yep. the way we've seen other teams over the last decade do it. And Ime Udoka came out yesterday and basically said, we're okay with what Steph's doing. We think that we can. We think that we can do this. We think that we're playing good enough on defense to win. We should be ahead 3-1. So I actually think that that's probably true. They're just going to execute what's still going on, and they're going to hope to hope it lasts. I was not surprised Amy Odoka said that because that is the way the Celtics have approached the entire playoffs. You mm. go back. Giannis Tedekupo had one big game after another. Jimmy Butler had one big game after another. Steph Curry one big game after another. That whole time, the Celtics believed that if they did what they were supposed to do, which is namely take care of the ball, stay in. Their system, win the possession battle, they're going to win games. And they feel that if they do that over the next three games, it doesn't matter what Steph does. It doesn't even matter what Jason Tatum does shooting the ball. He hasn't shot the ball well. They do that, they'll win these games. Well, to Kendra's point, I think the focus needs to be in the first half. This team is horrible in the first half. They're a negative 1.8. Mm. It's the 12 worst in the playoffs. In the second half, they're second best. So I think if the Warriors could focus more in the first half, come off to a better start, it really helps their chances of winning. So we started touching on the Celtics a little bit here, but let's completely flip the script. And Tim, you've been with the Celtics a whole lot through this postseason. What are they putting at the top of their priority list for tonight? Turnovers. Mm. If the Celtics don't turn the ball over, nothing else matters. They'll win the game. They're 14-2, and two, Malika, in the playoffs when they have 15 or fewer turnovers. They're 0-6 in the playoffs when they have 16 or more. That's what this comes down to. If they don't let Kevon Looney go crazy on the offensive glass, if they take care of the ball, they have more possessions in Golden State, I think it doesn't matter what Steph does. I think the Celtics will win this game tonight, and they'll win one of the next two. That's all it comes down to. Can they actually focus, take care of the ball? If they do, they'll be the NBA champions. Well, one guy that's going to be able to commit turnovers is Draymond Green. I, I expect him to have a better game tonight. He's yep. at home. Can't play any worse, right? <laughs> Not much. Um, he's got to play better tonight, and if he could bring his defensive energy, I think that changes, it, it makes the Celtics in peril for what you're talking about. Well, the, the Warriors are really looking for Draymond to be better. We, we all know that Steve Kerr pulled him late in that game, right? But just offensively, he, he plugged him back in when they wanted his defensive presence. And Steve said, look, his defense at the end of, of game four is something that was completely lost and overlooked because of Steph's greatness. But Draymond found some of that force and energy late in game four, and they're looking him to apply that to all of game five. Sub storyline tonight, watch the centers. Watch how much Steve Kerr plays Kevon Looney. I think it's going to be a lot. Watch how much he plays Draymond Green. And in the first two minutes of this game, we're going to see a lot when we see how well Robert Williams is moving. Mm -hmm. When he can move side to side, he is devastating on defense. Yep. His, he tweaked his knee. If he's slowed down by that at all, it's advantage Warriors. Well, we're going to be paying attention to all of those things because were you guys paying attention? That that felt like the cheat sheet for tonight. Sorry, Chanae, you're not here, so I had to get some other people in here to tell me how it's going to go down. Thank you all for joining us here on MB Today. I always appreciate it. We still have some show left left when we return in just 60 seconds.
Today is presented by Hotels.com. Find your perfect somewhere. And in part by Coors Light, made to chill. It's been a while. Let's get to some top of the top because Steph's performance... It was up there. Yeah, it was pretty good. Let's roll the video and see what we got <laughs> first. I mean, that is pretty the top of the top, right? Yeah. Let's see what we got. All right, we're going to start with top Steph Curry scoring streak. By the way, these are finals performances for him. All right, against the Raptors. Oh, my gosh, just pulls it. I mean, at this point, that's just pedestrian. Yeah, that's his pedestrian. Look, 47, that's what he was doing in game three. That was a big game. Whoa. And look, they needed it. This was, this was again, no uh, no Kevin Durant. And this is when you know he knows how to raise that level. Well, and this was the, the game that he was probably going up against for that last game four for one of his best finals performances, if not the best. All right, top Steph Curry record, <laughs> big perk. Nine three-pointers made. That's the final single-game record. It was 2018, game two, light work. I yeah. mean, easy work. You know what it's called? Generational work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there you go. Generation. What is that? A little keep it play. You need to keep, keep it on, bro. Oh, I like I that. Put your hat on. We'll see you tomorrow. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.